This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Finding the Right Therapist. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who says that he was dumped after admitting he went to therapy, Ugh, and another who feels like she can't talk to friends about her problems. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including Carol Baskin. She's back in the news. Also, Facebook employees are blasting Zuckerberg over his lack of action on Trump's hate speech and men getting aggressive on dating apps when women won't break social distancing measures. Not cool. But first, Angela, what's been going on in your week before we dive into all that? Well, hi. Hi, first of all. Hello. Um, Hello. So I've been thinking a lot about um, what the last few months being kind of stuck in the house together with Ian will do to our relationship. Um, it's good that we haven't killed each other, but I am a little worried that we're going to develop some kind of weird feral twin thing where where we're kind of codependent and can't like, like, because like we were very independent before all this stuff happened. And then for the last few months, like when this first started, he was the only source of social interaction and entertainment and everything that I had. And I didn't see anybody. It was just the two of us stuck together. Um, And then like, even as things have started to open up here in New York, it's still, you know, you're being selective about who you're seeing and still kind of cautious, seeing people at a distance. Putting a toe in the water. Sticking our toe in. So, And like, even when I'm with other people, I wear a mask. So Ian's the only person I'm like unmasked with. And so it's like- It's always weird weird when I run into somebody on the street that I know- I never recognize them, but they'll see me. I think the context of like me, Nick, and Rilo, and they're like, Laura. And I'm like, I am like clearly not good at just eyes. <laughs> and like, I'm always like, sorry, who are you? I have no idea who you are. And then they like, they're like, oh, it's, you know, whoever. I'm like, oh, sorry, the mask. The mask. That's why if these masks have to be like a sort of long-term solution, I really hope that we switch over to the clear ones. Also, just for reading lips purposes, I think it would be really helpful. No. Oh, my God. I love that I'm like so, I'm like so disguised. It's great. Yeah, that I do. And when I wear my sunglasses and my baseball cap, I really am like I could be making any face I want right now. And I like don't need sunscreen. So, yes. Also, I had a pimple the other day. And I was like very self-conscious about it. And I was like, wait a minute. I mostly no, break out I on my chin. It. Masks yeah. have been wonderful for my breakouts. Yeah. See, there's an upside to everything. Uh, we're, we're obviously being very sarcastic because um, – Yeah, because it's everything's terrible. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm like wondering – I read this whole article about how um, – it was, it was about – they called it the bladder's leash – How like as we move forward, uh, but people are afraid to use like public restrooms and stuff, we're going to be limited by how far from home we can go without having to pee. Yeah, public restrooms run home are not great for germs. But I I was like, okay, so I have like sort of like the bladder's leash with Ian. Like I feel like we're not gonna be able to be like too far from one another. I'm gonna like 
have to be wondering where he is. If there's ever a day where I'm back in an office, I feel like I'm going to, I'm not going to be used to not having like lunch together anymore. I'm going to call and check in. Yeah. Which maybe just sounds like normal coupleship, but we never did that. So it'll be interesting. I know. I've kind of realized like, it's fine not seeing anybody. I'm fine. I'm perfectly happy just FaceTiming people and talking to my friends, uh, you know, however so often. Maybe I'm, maybe I don't need to see anybody. Maybe we could just live in the middle of nowhere and be totally fine. Uh, I'm definitely craving social interaction. We were on our roof the other day and our neighbors were like at a table on the other end and like eating dinner together. And Ian was like, it was like when you eat dinner in front of a dog, like Ian was just watching them and drooling because he was so desperate for social interaction. <laughs> I was like, stop looking at them. Yeah. And finally they like looked over and they were like, oh, hey, like, do, do you want something? You want a scallop? <laughs> He's like, no, like, I just want a friend. Yeah. Just be my friend. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm definitely ready for some more. I, I've, I've had a few interactions and I've enjoyed them. So yeah, ready to expand. Yeah, I know. I, uh, Nick and I, we got in our first fight this week and Ooh. it felt actually really kind of good because I, we hadn't really fought in like three months. Things have been just like too lovey-dovey. I was like, oh my God, this is so refreshing that we are just on each other's nerves for the last two days. It's not fun, obviously, to, you know, be like short with each other, but it feels like, okay, this is real. This is, this is real. This is how (laughs) it's supposed to be. Like, I can't believe we haven't gotten on each other's nerves really yet before this. Like, thank God you're pissing me off. You're not perfect. And I'm not perfect. Even though we, even though I have this fear of being codependent, we've been fighting plenty. So I don't know. We just like haven't. I think maybe it's because I'm like, you are my only, you are my, you you are my rock. I am your rock. We got each other's back. But I don't know. These like last couple days, we just like pissing each other off. And then I'm, and then I can be, I can be mean. I'm just like very short and like, like, I don't know. We were like bringing some stuff from our house to his art studio in our car. And I was like, and, uh, and I was driving and I'm getting out of the parking garage and I know I have plenty of room and he's like, oh, oh. and I was like, what, what do you have something to say about my driving? Just try me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Driving in New York city can create fights where there never were fights anyway. So if there's already tension. Tis true. I Tis feel true. for Nick. All right. It is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a very quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Highly. Highly is an acronym for Hey, I Like You. They are a dating app with a focus on communication between its users. They believe that every talk can lead to something great. A good conversation is the starting point of any relationship, whether it's a friendship, a long-term relationship, or a short romance. And... I don't know. Angela and I love trying different dating apps. You never know which is going to be the good fit for you. So I love that this is a new dating app. Maybe this is the one that will be a great fit for you to find whatever it is that you're looking for. So here's the deal with Hailey. They have a personality quiz Um, it's for the compatibility check feature and it was created by clinical psychologists. They have 40 questions that refer to the user's relationship orientation, personality traits, lifestyle, communication style, and some other personal preferences. And the users can check the compatibility with any person before they match with them. 
And they also have icebreakers. This is like the hardest part when it comes to dating is that very first thing you're going to say. We've seen a bunch of really bad icebreakers that users have, uh, users, that listeners of the podcast have sent in to us. And I love a good bad icebreaker, but you probably don't want to use an icebreaker that's going to get sent into a podcast. So use their list of custom fun icebreakers. It can make for an easier open to a conversation and you can get statistics on your profile and your stories, lots of fun features. So get the Highly app for free from your app store today. That's the Highly app, H-I-L-Y, and it's free from your app store today. All right, Angela, what's in the mailbox? Well, first up, we wanted to read this really nice note that we got from one of our listeners on Instagram. Um, Her name is M, and this is what she wrote. She said, I have thought for so long that I want to write in. I've been a listener for four years from when I was single to now, and I am very happily married for a year. It's been a lonely couple of years since I left a very tight-knit and very toxic group that uh, friend group that left me with almost no close relationships. I battled depression and suicidal thoughts for my entire life, and you both truly kept me alive, and I cannot thank you enough. I would never be where I am without the podcast and cannot express that enough. Wow. Uh, And then she says, when Laura talked about her miscarriage, it made me a better friend and gave me more perspective on how to help one of my closest friends when she lost a child at birth and just so many other times when I didn't know what to do. I love the rebrand, and I am so grateful that you didn't set the podcast. Thank you for all you do. P.S. I gave my mother-in-law a satisfier for Christmas after a difficult divorce, and she loves it. Okay. I love this email. The last part, I'm a little shocked by. A little (laughs) weird. It's on all the emotions. It's a little weird for my personal relationship with my mother-in-law. would never be giving her a vibrator, but I love families and people that can just like talk openly about sex it should be more normalized but uh wow that 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 email really made my week because um yeah it's just I don't know if it feels sometimes like we just spend an hour just you and I and I just enjoy doing the podcast because I get to catch up with my BFF but it's a little bit like talking into a vacuum so when I get emails like that it makes it all worth it it really does and you know what we were talking about being isolated hearing from you guys makes us feel less isolated from the rest of the world. So thank you. Thank you for writing in. Um, okay. Next up, let's, let's read a question. We have a listener question from our listener, Mike. Mike writes, how can men be vulnerable in an attractive way? I have struggled with dealing with this as a guy dating in my mid-20s. For example, I was cheated on almost immediately after I told my last girlfriend that I was going to therapy. I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. I know I need to improve myself, but really desire success professionally and romantically. So Hmm. I would start off by saying, um, I guess that women, like, I guess stereotypically men have this idea that women are attracted to people with like, that are very successful professionally and making a lot of money. So you feel like you need all that. And like, yeah, some women, like, it's all about, like, the status or whatever. But the truth is most women are attracted to success because successful people feel good about themselves and they, like, have confidence, which we've talked about before. So I think that's really what you need to focus on is, like, yeah, not necessarily, like, 
the success in terms of money, um, but just success in terms of like you being happy with what you're doing. And I think that's attractive. Yeah. And also, you don't know for sure if unless she told you that she cheated on you because you're going to therapy. I find that like a little hard to believe. I think maybe things I mean, I I have no idea because you haven't told me a whole lot about what went down in the relationship, but it'd be pretty fucked up to to like cheat on someone because they were going to therapy. I don't know. Every guy I've ever been with, I'm like, I basically have begged like go to therapy, like work on your shit so that like you're not bringing your old baggage into our relationship because everybody has baggage, whether it's from childhood, friends, old relationships. Like we all carry our experiences in the world and it's good to not put that baggage on other people. So it's good to work through it. So I've encouraged but that's just me. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah I, people like people that are confident. It doesn't, you know, have to do with money. Like Angela and I have told the story a million times of our little sketch show and finding confidence doing our sketch show. And that's when Angela met Ian. And that was like when I, in my relationship with Nick really got like solidified. And I was, I was like really thriving in my job when, when I met Nick. So I felt really confident. i I just had the perspective that anybody I, I'm with, they just add to my already amazing life. But they're not yeah. – they they do not – I do not depend on my happiness because of them. Or, you know, they don't make my happiness. I'm already happy and they add to my already happy life. And just remembering that, you know, anybody you're dating, they need to add to your already happy life. And if you just keep that mantra in your head, I think you'll be in a good place. Yeah, definitely don't get it in your head that like therapy is unattractive to no. people because the truth that like think about it this way. If if this if you checked all this girl's boxes and she was like, he's the perfect guy, but oh man, he goes to therapy. Therapy that's, would be a bonus. That's my deal breaker. There's no way that that was her thought process. Also, yeah, so. there's no way that's her thought process. And like she'd have to be batshit crazy. I think if any guy I know that goes to therapy, I'm like, wow, good for them. Like, and I know <laughs> – like I'm like, wow, they're really evolved and emotionally mature as a human. Cause there is like guys have some weird stigma and I don't get it because women are always like, oh, sorry, I can't do, I can't do coffee. Cause that's when I'm meeting my therapist. Like women are right. like very open about it with their friends, at least in my little group. But yeah, men are a little weird about it. I don't know why. Um, all right. But I think else? that would help if you're like confident about being in therapy rather, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't apologize. Like be like, yeah, I'm in therapy. And if someone ever asks like, oh, you're in therapy? Like, what do you talk about? Be like, it's none of your damn business. Unless yeah. you want to tell them like, it's just, it's good to just talk about life. You know? Yeah. All, all people should be in therapy. Yeah. You should be if should, well, you should be like, you should be in therapy. If you have a good therapist, there can be some, well, yeah. there can be like some psychopath, crazy therapist that will. And that's something you. we're going to talk about. Yeah. You later. can, you can have a bad therapist, just like you can have a bad anything. You can have a bad, yep. you can have a bad teacher. You can have a bad nail person. You can have a bad hairdresser that will give you a mullet, but you can also have really good ones that will, that will help your life. Okay. What else we got exactly. in the mailbox? Okay, so next up, we have a question from our listener, Emily, and Emily says, what do you do when you feel invalidated by friends who just haven't been through hard things or are insensitive? For example, I felt like I haven't been able to talk to friends about my experience with my mom who has Parkinson's because most people my age's parents aren't sick and it's too heavy and I haven't wanted to burden people. Oh, this is the, uh, I mean... This is really – this is a difficult one I'm having trouble answering because so, – Yeah, you go first if you 
Well, when I went to start answering this question, I realized like the advice that I would be giving is almost more advice that I would give her friends for how to be better friends because that's the position that I've been in. I've been the friend to the person going through the thing. So what I actually wound up doing was I reached out to one of my best friends. Um, She's had to take care of two sick parents and her mom also had a neurological disorder. So she can really relate to this whole question. And I asked her like, what would she say? Because, and I also was like, have I ever made you feel this way? Like, have had anyone in our friend group ever made you feel? Wow, invalidated? I like you doing on the ground research. I know because it's like I don't think so, but you never know. You don't know until you ask someone. Um, yeah. So she and I also said to her because you know this is a whole therapy episode, and I said my instinct is that it's probably a good idea for her to find a therapist because, like, we always say, you know, like it's good to have friends and family to to vent to, but to have a impartial third-party professional, even if you have supportive friends, is usually a good idea if you're going through something heavy like this. So, and my friend agreed with the therapy. She goes to therapy. It's been like very helpful for her. But so some other things that she said was, she said, if you have a sibling, a partner, another family member that um, has like kind of been through it with you, that's a good person to talk to and utilize as a resource. Um, She said... Our perspectives are based on our lived experiences and having a sick parent or a dying parent is not something most young people are thinking about because they are simply not living through such an experience. So if your friends are being insensitive and hurting you by not listening or acting as if what you're going through is not a big deal, it's important to express yourself and let it out of those – if those friendships are valuable to you. Mm-hmm. She, she said – being vulnerable on both ends is a really difficult thing and uh, nobody ever wants to feel like a burden, but I found that in times of vulnerability, people I love are often most likely to listen and try to understand what she's experiencing. And then the final thing she said was, if you can think of a time where you and your friends have discussed other heavy issues with one another, whether it's a divorce or a breakup or struggling with body issues, then you already have a place that you can look to and know that your friends actually can handle difficult conversations more than you think. Yeah, I think, you know, your friends don't have to go through what you've been through to be understanding and be compassionate people. If they're not doing that and they're not showing empathy, then, you know, then you've got a problem with maybe the friendship. But I think, yeah, leaning on people that you feel comfortable talking to about it with is good. And then sometimes I think you just need to tell people what's helpful, you know, like, like when I was going through a miscarriage, none of my best friends had had a miscarriage. So, uh, but, and they maybe weren't all there for me in the way I needed, but that wasn't like their fault as long as they were compassionate and like checking in on me and just saying, Hey, how are you doing? And, and ask, you know, asking, I think that that's good. And maybe like, you kind of need to tell people like, Hey, I'm kind of having a bad day. I had a hard day with my family. I kind of just need somebody to listen. I know you haven't been through this, but I kind of just need to talk about it. And, you know, is that okay? And uh, I just like need a, I need a friend. Can we like, you know, if COVID was not a thing, can, can we like go to dinner or like, can we jump on the right. phone? You know, um, can we do a social distancing picnic or whatever you want to do? Or maybe they're, in, maybe they're in your quarantine circle, whatever. Like, can we go have a glass of wine on a picnic blanket? I just kind of really need a friend right now. I had a tough day with my family. And then sometimes you just need to tell people what, what you, what you need. That's what I've, I've learned. And some people are going to say the wrong thing 
if they offend you, like I, I've talked about before, I had one friend that was extremely offensive to me when I was going through my miscarriage and was very invalidating of my pain. And I had to end that friendship after I repeatedly gave her the chance and basically said, I need you to stop. I need you to stop saying what you're saying. I need you to stop telling me that this isn't a big deal. I need you to stop telling me that, you know, uh, yeah, she was saying like, it's not a big deal. It happens to everyone. Like I'll probably have a miscarriage. Like just the craziest batshit bullshit out of her mouth. Um, and I said, I need you to stop because I'm, I'm hurting right now. I'm depressed right now. I'm not in a good place. Like this is, and I, I, and she didn't stop. So that friendship is bye-bye. Um, but hopefully you have friends that will show empathy. And if you tell them what you need, hopefully they'll listen. Um, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Please be concise, a paragraph or less. If you want it on the show, you can email us about anything about friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, anything going on in your life. Um, if there's a topic that you'd like us to cover, we love getting those suggestions. Next, we're going to dive into this week's topic. This week's topic is finding the right therapist. We are big fans of therapy, uh, but something that doesn't always get talked about enough is not every therapist is going to be right for every person. It's a lot like dating, although Angela and I have very different tactics. Angela, if I remember correctly, you basically did like a ton of like first date therapist shit. Is that what you did? I My last go around, yes, I did because over the many years, I've had a mix of therapists and personalities and I've kind of gotten a feel for what I vibe with. Um, I personally, I love like a, a middle-aged lady. Uh, that's usually like, like I haven't, I've never had a male therapist. I just like vibe with the lady. Um, but uh, I'm definitely happy that I've had good experiences earlier on because if I had started with the bad ones, I probably would have written off therapy altogether. I think that happens to a lot of people. If their first experience is bad, they're like, oh, well, therapy's just not for me. For sure. And I had like a lot of really bad therapists. My mom had this like old man therapist that gave her the fucking worst parenting advice ever, like in how to discipline us, like the worst advice. And he was a piece of shit. And and so I was like, like, and I would have to go talk to him. It was horrible. But then in college, I was going through some shit and I went and talked to like a school therapist and he was just like, really, really sweet, gentle old man. And we would just do like um, jumping jacks together in his office. And like, oh. and like, he was like, you just need to like, get it out, get it out. And like, and, and he was just, oh my God, he was like a little, like, like a Zen, like, uh, like talk about like energy. Oh my God. I loved him. And, and this is why it's like dating though, because for some people they'd be like, oh my God, this crazy person made me do jumping jacks. I hated it, but it was perfect for you. It was perfect for me. And then I've had a mix, like Nick and I went to go see this older woman who like was a like a grandmotherly type of figure that I just absolutely loved. The only reason we stopped seeing her was because she was in the city and we didn't want to commute. And then my personal therapist is like my age and she's just like very cool and young. And like I just did a lot of like research to find her. And she worked with like a lot of um, like artists and like LGBTQIA and and um, everything I read about her was she was just like very open-minded and seemed like we were very – uh, in line in terms of our, I don't know, just like our vibes and beliefs. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to take a chance and like go see her. And now she's like my paid BFF. <laughs> like, <laughs> And um, whereas Nick and I, 
since we stopped seeing like our grandmotherly figure, I found one that was like two blocks from our house who was also like, like a, like my age. And I was like, okay, well, my personal therapist is like my age and like, that goes great. Like I'll give this person a shot. And we did like three sessions. Then I've talked about it prior on the podcast, but then I kind of like just canceled and then ghosted her because we just like weren't vibing. And then she wanted to do like a closure session. And I was like, dude, no, it's like 200 fucking dollars to tell you why I don't want to see you anymore. Like, no, (laughs) that sounds like it's more for you than it is for Uh, me. (laughs) No, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, no, I'm not like, I know you're telling me it's maybe going to work through my issues of like, maybe why I felt like you were siding with my husband or whatever other reasons we like no longer want to see, but I'm not paying like $200 to tell you why I don't want to come to you again. Um, that's the thing about the first, you have to pay Every time you go. So what the fuck, Angela? Were you spending like $1,000 on these first dates to find your therapist? Like how did Um, you afford this? No. Well, because with insurance, I only saw people in network. Okay. So like I was just paying like the copay. But there was one lady that kind of scammed me. I don't know. Whatever. That was the whole thing. (laughs) I'm telling you. You can find sketchy ones. Do your research. Like I I don't do the whole like jumping around and doing like a bunch of first dates because then you have to tell them like we might – because you have to like – what have to like – the first time, pour out all your baggage, like update them on like your whole entire life. I'm not, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to do that like 10 times in a row in a span it of two months. It was definitely the week that I, because I scheduled them all. I didn't mean to do them all in one week, but it kind of happened that way. And it was like an exhausting week for me because I just no. had the same conversation over and over. But ultimately it was worth it because- You got a lot I of different made, perspectives. Yes. And like getting schedules to line up and everything, like- it's not always easy. So if I ha- if it hadn't worked out with one person, then it would have taken me time to find another one. No, so I just got I don't I do ripped that. the Band-Aid off. I, I just do I, a lot of research. Like the old lady that we found that was a couple's therapist for a little bit was recommendation from my therapist. Like it's good to get recommendations, but like Angela said, some people you'll – one person will love and another person won't. So, you know, you can just – don't feel bad if you get a recommendation and you're not vibing with somebody – but I do think recommendations help because there are some like just like in any any business, any industry, like there are sketchy people everywhere. There's going to be sketchy therapists. You're going to have sketchy doctors. You're going to have s- sketchy like manager. Like there – the whole world is filled with sketchies. So It's true. So <laughs> if you have a therapist so, yeah, that like gives you bad advice or – yeah, um, yeah, but there's there's many uh, options to weigh when you're picking somebody. Obviously, yeah, like read their reviews. Um, oh, and there's also different on, types of therapies. There's different types of therapy. You there's like cognitive also, behavioral therapy, dialectical. That's my preferred kind. Okay. I think that's what mine – I think mine does like a mix. I don't even know, honestly, but there's supportive – you can look it up. Like you when can, you go on their website, you can see what they specialize in and there's that, if a that's ton important of, to you. Totally. There's like a ton of different theories. So like just – Make it like a night, spend like, set aside like three hours, do some research on the people that come up in your insurance if you have insurance and hopefully your insurance pays or helps at least with mental health. And then look for the different types of therapies, see what time, you know, look for, get a vibe for them if they have a website, do a little Googling. See if they take your insurance and if there's an out-of-pocket cost if you can afford it. I mean, I only would recommend paying out of pocket if it's somebody who you really, really love and vibe with and you can't find anybody else. But, I know. You know. That's always an option. This all uh, sounds super annoying to do when you're talking about insurance and like looking up different types of therapy. But if you find someone that you like, it can change your life. 
for the better. Like this person helped me write emails that I would get literally so much anxiety about sending whatever email to somebody that I, that I like didn't want to send. And she's like, look, this hour is however you want to use it. If you want me to help you structure an email for that whole hour, I'll do that. But then it was like kind of a trick because she was teaching me how to write these type of emails for the rest of my life. So we did that like a few times throughout like a year. And now I don't ever, I can't even remember the last time I asked her how to write an email because I, any of those <laughs> she emails, gave you the tools, she gave me the tools, any of those like emails or text messages that used to stress me out. I now like hear her in my voice. It's crazy. It can really change your life if you, if you find a good person. So yeah, do but- the research. And then if you find a shitty ass person, we have lots of tips on how to break up <laughs> with them. We do. It's not something that you think about a lot, but yeah, breaking up with a therapist can be just as awkward as breaking up with anybody else. Um, so my but the advice- great part is like at the end of the day, just remember like this, even though you've shared a lot of personal stuff with them, if you and your gut feel like this is not right, don't share anymore and cut it. Like it's business, bitch. Yeah. My, so like you might be going, like give it a good try, whatever. And like my advice for deciding if it's not working, if it's like the wrong person is if you're starting to dread going and like that can happen sometimes, but I think ultimately it should always feel like the gym. It's like maybe you're dragging your feet and you're like, oh, I don't want to go today. But when you leave, you should always leave feeling better. Well, sometimes if you have a really hard session, you might not feel better, but you'll feel like it was productive. Right. You won't feel like disappointed or like you wasted your time. Like you should feel like, like, yeah, at least a little kind of catharsis. So if you're leaving and you're still feeling like, ugh, why did I do that? That was like a waste of my time. So that's probably a good sign that it's time for someone else. Here are some excuses from psychology today. And then I'll tell you my own recommendations. So one is, I don't think I need to come anymore, <laughs> which is so funny because your therapist might be like, uh, I, <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> Hard disagree. Yeah. Um, you could say, I'm not sure if I'm getting what I need from therapy, which I like much better than the first. It's like, I'm not sure if I'm getting what I need and I'm going to try. I, but I would say like, I'm going to try somebody new. So it's just like, it's a little more personal. Like, what can they say to that? You know, that's what you, I wanted to say, but I was a big uh, scaredy. Cat I think you need to say that because if you say like, if I'm not sure if I'm getting what I need from therapy, they might be like, well, let's like let's sit and like talk it out to make sure that you're getting what you need, and like you don't want to do that. So I think you need to say like, I'm I'm finding someone else, and like it's just like when you're dating. What would you say? Sorry, I was dating somebody else, and things got a little more serious with them. You kind of need to same gist, right? Um, you could say I think I can handle things better now, but then again, they might say hard disagree. Um, I think, but that's I, not up to them. It's you not. know, ultimately, it's up to you. You can be like. I don't care what you think. Yeah. I think I've done all the work I can do here. I think I'm good for now. I don't need to come in. Um, I think I was like a wuss kind of like you, Angela. And I was like, hey, our schedules are a little crazy. Like we're just going to take a break. And then like COVID hit. So I'm really glad that we like took a break. when we. And I was like, hey, we're, we're not going to come in anymore. But like really appreciate it. Thanks. And then she suggested like coming in for a goodbye session. I was like, I've only done like three sessions with you. I don't need to do a goodbye. Like what are you talking about? If I had seen you for like three years maybe – but give me a break, lady. I had like the you can't fire me, I quit moment with my therapist when we ended because I like went in that night being like, I'm going to break up with her. I'm going to do it. I'm going to break up with her. And then at the end of the session, she was like, so I think like you don't need to come back next week. Wait, I was you like, never told me this, that she broke up with you? Yeah. 
Yes. And I was just so shell-shocked that I was like, you know what? At least it's done because maybe I wouldn't have even been able to do it. So what was her reason? She was like, you know, you've been coming for a while. I think like we've kind of made progress. I, it was like, that's, I don't know. I feel like I need therapy to deal with my therapist dumping me. That's so crazy. (laughs) Well, a good therapist will respond to you with professionalism. Um, like just recently I'm obsessed with my therapist, but I was like, you know what? I really just need more time on my calendar right now. Like I've been like going to a lot of like protests. I just wanted like more open days to be able to not have something in the middle of the day. Like even if it was something as as beneficial as therapy, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen right now. The world's crazy. I need to, I just need my time to be free. And so I said, Hey, can we do like every other week? And, and she was like, absolutely no problem. And like, that's, that should be the right response. Yes. Now it is time for our weekly rundown. This is our weekly rundown where we tell you what's new in the world or what's new in our lives. First up in pop culture, this is per Cosmo. Where is my sound cue, Angela? Oh my God. Oh, you're probably rusty. Is it rusty? Wait, where is my... Oh, here we go. Sexy. Sorry, I had to switch from our old, our old. So we had a listener write in and say, are you still going to play the sexy sound cue when you hear Cosmo? And um, that wasn't as smooth and funny as it usually is because it took a minute for me to find it. But this is from Cosmo. <laughs> Get, getting back in the swing. Uh, Tiger King's Carol Baskin just won control over her arch nemesis, Joe Exotic Zoo, from her other arch nemesis, Jeff Lowe, and the dude's not thrilled. In a statement to TMZ, Jeff Lowe said, so this is per Cosmo, but really from TMZ, which we should really just credit TMZ, but Jeff Lowe said, considering Carol spent approximately $2.5 million chasing her $1 million judgment, we congratulate her on the new acquisition of 16 acres in rural Oklahoma. The possibility of human remains being buried on this land should make her feel right at home. I have not been staying up with my Tiger King news, but... I mean, Jeff Lowe seemed like a shitty person. I'm not, I'm undecided about Carol Baskin. I'm a bit of a Carol Baskin apologist at this point, only because I feel like people, at least she doesn't fully abuse animals like all the others. I mean, they're all, they're all bad, but I just like, Joe is also equally bad, if not way, 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 way worse. So I was like, why, why is everybody saying fuck Carol Baskin? Fuck Joe too. Fuck everybody. Yeah. All right. What else we got? So in politics, um, the where did I read this? This was in oh on NPR. Um, they were reporting that uh, former Facebook employees are blasting Mark Zuckerberg's "Do Nothing" stance on Trump. So some of Facebook's earliest employees are saying that Zuckerberg's hands-off approach to President Trump's inflammatory posts related to protests over police brutality is a betrayal of the company's ideals. Um, something that was very rightly pointed out by uh, an account I call I follow called Sleeping Giants, which uh, just kind of points out bigotry everywhere. I They're just like, recently told Angela that she needs to send me like a daily roundup of all the news she reads because she apparently just knows a little bit about every kind of like Nick. I'm like, I think it's just because you guys are both on Twitter all the time. And I'm like, what? Who? Yeah. What? I don't know. I haven't heard about that. I'm it ha- just not really on Twitter it's very much. Just having too much. Well. I mean, I should be doing other things. I'm not going to say I have too much time on my hands, but I just get sucked in. Uh, but anyway, so Sleeping Giants did point out after they released this statement that uh, 
Facebook, you know, they're talking about their ideals as a company. And Facebook, let's not forget, was founded as a way to just rate women based on their looks. Yeah, so, so can't expect Questionable much. ideals. But, you know, it has progressed and turned into a thing I guess none, nobody could have ever expected. And I agree that Mark Zuckerberg has a responsibility to be fact-checking uh, false statements at least that's what Twitter has started doing. Is I know, but it's like, where do you, and I, I'm like, I'm, I am all for this on Twitter. I just don't know like where, I guess I am so glad I don't run these companies because I don't know where, where are you going to start? Where are you going to end? Like, do you, do you just make that rule that you're going to fact check all world leaders? Because there's a lot of world leaders. Then do you include their cabinet? Because then you need to like, how are you going to fact check an entire like cabinet of every country? Are you doing also governors? and ma- Like where does it start and where does it end in terms of fact checking? So I understand why Zuckerberg like doesn't want to do this because the accountability is overwhelming. What are you just going to fact check the American president? That doesn't, that it seems like you should probably right. fact check other harmful like world leaders. So well, I, I assume that that's I don't know what the they logistics, would be doing. But that is crazy. That's a crazy task to take on. It is. But so, Facebook definitely, in particular, has like a really bad Facebook misinformation problem. Sucks. Yes, it's totally. I mean, like, yes, anytime I log on the there, I'm election. like, it is really like it. It is like walking into a burning village. Anytime that I log into Facebook, it's literally log in. Okay, this is what I'm not missing. Log off, and like, it is so quick. And I'm like, this is why I hate Facebook. Truly, the only reason that I still have a Facebook is like, I don't know, like. Maybe one day I'll want to see what happened to someone in high school. It hasn't happened in like 10 years, but <laughs> and and we post our podcast every week on our podcast Facebook page. But I actually was gonna to talk to you about that recently and like maybe I can just stop doing that so I never have to log into Facebook. I would be down because I, we just get a lot of spam because that's we don't like have on, when Facebook we when we interact with our listeners, it's on Twitter or mostly it's Instagram. on Instagram. It's mostly on yeah. okay. All right. Starting this week, I'm not gonna go on our I'm not, I'm not our, our Facebook's dead. We're going to delete it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Our Facebook is dead. I don't know if we're going to delete it, but I'm just going to stop posting on there. Okay. That will make me feel happier. All right. <laughs> Next, we've got dating news. And this is also from Cosmo. Sexy. Angela, who put our rundown together. If you guys want some behind the scenes on the pod, we, <laughs> we switch. So some rundowns Angela does, some rundowns I do. Angela did this one. We all put, we all put our hands in it a little bit. Yes. But uh, someone was reading Cosmo a lot, lady. I was, I double dipped. You're right. I should have attributed TMZ to that first No, no, one. it's fine. I'm, that's just the journalist and me knowing about attribution. Uh, all right. So this is about nine examples of men acting aggressively because women won't break quarantine to go out with them IRL. This makes me so angry. I don't even know if I could read this because so much toxic masculinity being like, who cares? Risk your life. Like, let's go make right. out. Um so Taylor Andrews writes, in a world where men are plagued by fragile and impaired masculinity, it's not a completely uncommon reaction women aren't already familiar with. You see, these types of men notoriously have a problem with being rejected in any way, shape, or form, even if rejection's due to a global pandemic. So I'll just read a couple of these. Uh, a guy asked me if I wanted to get drinks, and I said we probably shouldn't. So then I tried to change the subject to him going to Oktoberfest the year before, and then it turned to him le- into him lecturing me about how many more people die from diarrhea than COVID nineteen. So special, special, that, by special the way, guy. That's a big conservative talking point. 
that that whole diarrhea thing. Uh, and I would just like to point out that you can't catch diarrhea from other people, but you can catch COVID-19 from other people. True. It is true. Uh, I created a dating app profile. Also, don't even get like the diarrhea is also it's like it's a mound. I'm not a doctor, but like I believe it's like malnourishment. It's also right. like don't have fluids. It's, yeah, it's a whole other issue. Okay. I created a dating app profile to take advantage of the stay at home order. I thought it was a good way to get to know someone before rushing into meeting, but that is not what I experienced. One man seemed not only eager to meet, but wanted us to commit ourselves to one another before we even met. And then when I told him I didn't plan on going out to meet anyone, including him, for quite some time due to stay-at-home orders of COVID-19, he told me, you can't live in fear. You have to get out there and live your life. All right. I'm not reading anymore. That's enough douchebags. <laughs> Um, yeah. but hey, if this has happened to you on a dating app, you're not alone. So maybe that's the bright side. All right. What uh, else we got? In friendship, uh, I, oh, I wanted to talk about how my friend texted me that she has had my bridal shower gift, uh, in her house ever since we've been on lockdown and my bridal shower was obviously canceled back in March. So it's just been sitting in her room and she hasn't touched it. And then she went to look at it the other day and she told me that it was overrun with tiny spiders that had hatched eggs inside of it. Oh, what was it? Um, I still don't know, but I was like, you can keep it, whatever it is. That is and disgusting. Also, I was like, gee, I don't know. This feels like a metaphor. This feels symbolic of the fucked up year. That is insane. <laughs> wedding festivities. Totally disgusting that spiders took over your gift and hatched eggs. That's I literally want to barf. Okay. Yep. I, I was like, really, just burn it. Whatever it is, burn it down. That's your friendship. That's what's in friendship news. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is how we're doing our new, this new segment is we can either decide to talk about something that's new, that's in the news news or just in our life. And I don't know, so far your story is the best of any of these. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, in parenting news, podcaster and actress Tawny Newsome who is at Trondi Newsom, tweeted, for anyone worried about talking to their white children right now, worried that their kid is too young for these conversations, I was five or six when my dad told me, no matter what you do, some people will always hate you. Black children don't get to not understand racism. And I think that's such an important part. I've been doing a lot of research and thinking about ways that I can parent and talk to my son, who's 22 months, about race. And I bought a ton of children's books that were recommended on multiple websites. And and he loves them. And, and it's like, it's so, you know, you, I think the instinct of a parent is like, don't talk about race. You know, everybody's equal. But that's from everything I've been reading, which has been really refreshing to me, is that that's not the right approach. Um, yeah. And that it is important to to talk about it and that kids can recognize race from as early as like six months. Um, I posted a bunch yeah. of these, these statistics on my Instagram, but um, I also, going my, my friends that are teachers were telling me that they are um, all being instructed to work on lesson plans for like the end. I mean, now when this episode airs, school will be out. But before school ended, they were all working on lesson plans to talk about what's going on in the moment. But something to keep in mind as a parent, 
Um, and not naming names, not naming schools, but some of my friends who are teachers have coworkers that definitely are not equipped to talk about these things. So don't assume that they're going to get educated on it in school in the proper way. You might want to definitely have those conversations yourself as well. One of my friends that's in my mom group posted on Instagram about how at the end of each week, she and her nanny have to talk about, they talk about any racist incidents that happened that week. And when I read that, I, my heart just broke because I'm, I'm thinking like, I live in my little bubble where like, I, I think I'm like aware of this stuff. And then I'm like, no, I don't have to have, I will never have to have those conversations with my nanny about my son. And it was so heartbreaking to me. And like, I just, I like, I hope she always feels, feels safe, you know? Right. Well, I hear, speaking of safe, I hear an ambulance going outside your, your window. Welcome to Brooklyn. <laughs> Welcome to Brooklyn. Welcome to the end of the world. All right. 2020. What, what else is in work news? Um, finally, yeah. In work news, I just wanted to say, and we're going to talk about this on, uh, I think, next week's episode a little more in depth. But guess what, guys? Lost my job. Got laid off like so many other people. Um, and just one little funny thing that I wanted to point out was um, up until this point, the recruiter who had placed me at my job that I've been at for like three years, uh, ever since... Um, we all went on lockdown and there's been talk of like people losing their jobs and whatever. She checks in with me every single week and just, just making sure, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. And she would like bother me. She'd ask me if I was watching Tiger King. She'd ask me if I, I developed any hobbies in quarantine, if I was baking. And I was like, lady, just leave me alone. And then finally, when I actually got laid off, I was like, hey, I have an update for you. Like, finally what you've been waiting for and she did not answer me for days what that's i don't understand why the fuck was she checking in with you before then i thought she was I, just like trying to keep you as a client to see if you were she definitely had got left let go so that you could be a client so then what else what was the point of any of that i guess it's just easier to look like you're good at your job when you're like checking in with people who don't need your help but what was the point but then when you actually need the help they're like i i've had like was she trying? Maybe she just wanted to be recruiters. your best friend. Maybe that's it. I actually had another call from a temp agency that I hadn't worked with in years. Uh, like, you know, unknown number. I don't know why I answered. And the person was just like, oh, hi. Like, it wasn't even the person I had worked with there. She was like, you know, I know you were a client of ours. And I just wanted to, like, check in and see how you're doing. And I was like, I'm okay. How are you? I, like, never did, brought did they up work. To, did they want to see if you still had a job? She never brought – she was like, you know, I don't even want to talk about that stuff. I'm just making sure everybody's doing okay. And I just like – I was so, so weirded out. I'm baffled and weird. I'm weirded. I don't understand. What are they getting at? Are they taking some weird survey? I don't – I think that they just want to like cultivate relationships with people in case they do eventually need them. But, but I was then like – you And did. I didn't want to be rude because I was like I might need you eventually. But also I don't want me to sit here and talk to you about like the weather – like I, so, you I know just what? Kind of kept I had, like I'm, I, I'm just I've been working, you know, real busy working, and actually, I have to get back to that work right now. This is obviously before I got laid off, but I don't. People don't know the boundaries of like I am not your BFF. It was a little strange. I had kind of a similar thing, a little different, but there was a lady that I I had bought like this whatever particular lotion from like a department store, and I bought it online. Or like, and so she got myself. She's like, "Oh, I'll get, I'll um, 
do you want me to get your cell phone? Or no, I bought it over the phone. I like called to order this lotion. And then she's like, do you want me to take your cell phone so I can like let you know whenever we have any sales? And I was like, yes, I love sales. Let me know. So first she was letting me know when there were sales. But then I started getting texts like, hey, just thinking about you. How you doing? Just hey, thinking about you. Hope you're having a good day. Hope. And then like, honestly, it was like, and I would just like ignore them and I just would ignore them, ignore them, ignore them. And then when she'd write in for a sale, I'll be like, yes, would like a lotion with the sale. And, and then recently with like coronavirus, she was messaging me and I was like, I can't like, I can't like they're like, I'm got like enough texts. I can't have this fucking lady from this department store, like messaging me about like, Hey, how are you doing? Like what's going on? I'm like, I've never met you like I literally called the department store to order this fucking lotion and now you text me like all the time and so I was like hey I'd really like to keep this relationship professional and like purely about the lotion so <laughs> could, uh here's my email if you could just like email me about the sales I like uh I am only looking for that kind <laughs> only seeking lotion-based relationships right <laughs> like now. it was so weird Angela it's like I had not even met this person like I literally talked to them once on the phone to order this fucking lotion then they were like I'll text you about sales and I was like all right sure and then they like took advantage of that or I don't, I don't even know what they were trying to get at maybe they I thought that it was like good policy to like not only message people about sales that people would think that that was rude or you're you're supposed to befriend people but I'm like I am not your friend our our relationship is all about lotion and that's it that's exactly what I think happened with this temp agency was they were following some kind of like playbook where it's like make a personal connection and then people will want to work with you and it's like listen I'm a millennial I do not want to talk on the phone this is weird text me Although I guess don't I even don't, text me because no, that don't, can get bad too. Don't text me. Like I'm not your friend. I am not. She would send me like emojis like, like, or what do you call the emojis that are like graphical like. Oh, like bitmojis? Bitmojis. Thank you. She would send me like, bit, I'd be like, who is this person? Like go away from my life. Like let me know if there's a lotion sale. That's all I care about. <laughs> all right. Guys, we just don't want randos we don't care about bothering us there's a lot going on we- there's a lot going on in the world okay that's it for this week's episode we hope you're all doing well we're trying to do better we want to do better and we're we're i don't know hope we bring in some entertainment and joy to your life yeah let us let us know give us feedback we want your feedback and let us know what you think of the new podcast structure too. Um, if Maybe want- we'll call you and ask you about your week like these people no, that are trying to. We'll never do that ever. <laughs> uh, if you want some fun reading, you can check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And we encourage you to shop always at your local indie bookstores. Yes, and you can get hooked up with discounts um, from all of our sponsors. For full list of sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Um, Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, I think most of our comments are probably about the old structure, so if you're enjoying the new structure, leave us a comment. Give us a good rating. That really helps a lot. Good point. Yeah, everything yeah. else is about dating. Tell us, tell, leave some other comments. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. 
This is why the podcast. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>